Round one. Fight. Week two of my unnamed video game series, and, and what better way to kick off the second week with one of the worst, 1993's Street Fighter. Who wants to go home, and who wants to go with me? Colonel Guile. Charlie. Cammy. Ryu. Ken. In the battle to save the world. can only win together. Jean-Claude Van Damme, Street Fighter, rated PG-13, starts Friday at theaters everywhere. A little fun fact about this movie is I didn't even know it existed until probably mid to late 94-ish. Uh, we were at Blockbuster. I was going down the aisles looking for normally bad movies that I love. A lot of times it was sidekicks. But anyways, I was going down the aisle and I saw, holy shit, there was a Street Fighter movie. And Van Damme was on it. Now, I had already watched Kickboxer, Time Cop, all those other Van Damme-ish movies, No Retreat, No Surrender. Uh, just cool movies like that that I've always loved. Van Damme was never the greatest actor in the world, No, nor will I ever defend him for being great. But his movies were enjoyable. They were always the same cookie-cutter style plot, and he did his thing, and that was it. So naturally, I was like, oh, wow, Street Fighter, Van Damme. What's the worst that can happen? So I rented it. Went home and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the trash out of this movie. Yeah, sure, there was a few things that I noticed that were bad. Even as a 10-year-old, I was looking at it like, oh, wow, this looks horrible. But I did appreciate the effort. As I got older, that, that appreciation kept on going. I was like, okay, cool, this movie, it's bad. But it's not as bad as people think. And that's where I come in today. I took one for the team and rewatched this just for you. So be ready because I think I'm going to defend this movie just a little bit more than the average person. The plot to Street Fighter is fairly simple. It's not something you have to overthink. Bison wants to take over the world, but first he wants to start a new country. He wants to call it Bisonopolis. But... He needs $20 billion from America, or else he's going to kill a whole bunch of hostages. And they have three days. Like I said, it's pretty easy to follow. Uh, the guy even made his own currency, the bison dollars, which meant nothing, but he was trying to pay people with them. Uh, it's basically Monopoly money. It was garbage. Uh, somewhere in the movie, Sagat is trying to provide him with weapons for his army, and... He was going to pay him off with bison dollars, and this dude's like, no, I like this isn't worth anything. Bison tells him, I'm going to make this worth five pounds, five British pounds, after I kidnap their queen and make them change my currency. The dude was full of crap. But that's the plot that we got. Now, throughout this time, Guile, who is our Belgium-American hero, and the reason I point that out is because Van Damme's from Belgium, and it's kind of strange that they got him with his heavy accent to play an American hero. Now, that may seem wrong to some people, but back in the 90s, I mean, you would think that they could have gotten a better actor. But they spent all their money, well, actually all their budget, the majority of it, on Van Damme and the rest of it on Raul Julia. As far as actors in this movie, Raul Julia is the shining light 
in all of this garbage. Everything. Nobody could have played Bison better. You know, I'm, and I'm not being biased because of the situation that he was in. I'm being biased because I generally like him as an actor. He is great in everything that I've seen him in. And I know a lot of us who grew up in the 90s know him as Gomez Adams. And now that's a character that he's going to forever live in all of our 90s hearts. Because the way he played that that dude, think about it. It has been duplicated or they've tried to duplicate his character, his portrayal of Gomez Adams throughout the years. And nobody has came close. Now think about it. I mean, we even had the great Tim Curry try to do a Raul Julia imitation in Adam's Family Reunion. I know a lot of people have not seen that, but that movie is garbage. Now, the other actor who played Gomez in the Adam's Family live action TV show, well, guess what? That dude was trash also. Even the the brand new movies that they had a couple what years back, that dude tried it as well. Nothing. It wasn't going to work. They all tried to emulate Raul Julia and failed miserably. They None of them even came close. We're talking gimbals. Not in this house. Now, did he look like Bison? Physically? No. The poor guy was going through stomach cancer. He was having surgeries and stuff, but still had the time to dedicate to his craft. He, he studied the character movements on the from the games. He also studied a lot of dictators, a lot of evil dictators from the world. He went through history. He did everything he could to perfect this role. And you know what? That was money well spent by the studio in hiring him. Now, a lot of people will sit there and think, oh, wow, you know, it's his last movie. Is that, is that the Street Fighter? Is that really a movie you really want to go out on? Yeah. Yeah, that, that's not bad. If you think about the reasoning behind him taking this, it, it's it's pretty cool. You know, the guy was dying of stomach cancer, did stunt work, did amazingly great as Bison, all for his kids because his kids were big Street Fighter fans and they wanted him to take this role and he went and did it for them. So in the grand scheme of things, yeah, you know what? If you're doing something for your kids and this may be your last role, that's probably the one you want to go out on. My favorite scene actually came from Bison himself. Now to set this clip up real quick, I'm going to give you a little bit of backstory so you guys can get where this is coming from. He kidnaps Chung Lee. He makes her put on one of her signature outfits, which is the red one. It's not the blue one that we all grown to know and love, but he puts her in the red version and he's changing into some sort of Hugh Hefner style outfit, but his hat never came off. It's awesome. Anyways, the hat never comes off throughout the whole movie, which is, which is great. But in, <laughs> just to keep on going, she's basically telling him why she hates him. She told him that, you know, when she was younger, he came into her village, he killed her people, and most importantly, he killed her father. And now she wants him to pay. She wants to, she wants to, like, end his life with her hands. Well, he hits her with a great line, and this shit is cold. I'm sorry. I don't remember any of it. You don't remember? For you... The day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But for me, it was Tuesday. That was cold blood. 
I feel like the the actors that I chose to rattle off here are pretty much overshadowed by this big introduction that I gave to Raul Julia, but it's well deserved. So let's get this thing going. We have Chung Lee, who's played by Migna Wen, and she's the voice actress for Mulan, the original Mulan. She was also in, I guess, uh, from what I'm hearing, because I haven't seen this show completely just yet, but she's in the the new Boba Fett show on Disney Plus, and and I know I've seen her in countless other things. And to be honest with you, she pretty much did a really good job as Chung Lee. And then we get Miguel Nunes Jr. as DJ. Now, a lot of these actors in this movie didn't really bulk up for a lot of their parts. Now, we're used to seeing Street Fighter characters, you know, roided up and ready to go. But I don't know how they got all these people. They could have got a whole bunch of bodybuilders and the acting probably would have been the same. But Miguel was a great choice for DJ. And I've always loved him. I, I liked him in, uh, in uh, what was it, Return of the Living Dead. He was also Juana Man, if we all remember that. And then he loved his enchiladas in Friday the 13th, Part 5, A New Beginning. Oh, damn enchiladas! Oh. One actor that looked identical to his character was Andrew Bernarski. Now, he was Zhang Jif, and there was no other better choice. This should have been how they casted everyone. But what we got, what we got. And if you don't recognize his name too much, I'm pretty sure you've seen him. If you've seen Batman Returns, he was Christopher Walken's son. And he was under a mask in the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. He was Leatherface. That humongous version of Leatherface that we got, which is one of my favorites. Uh, That was him. He played in a short film about DC's Lobo. And he was going after Santa Claus and Easter Bunny. It was very gritty. And it looks like it was probably made in probably like 98, 99. And you can find that that whole short film on YouTube. Another perfect casting choice is Cammy. Now, she was played by Kylie Minogue, which, you know what, to be honest, I have no issues here with that. I think the only thing that I felt bad for was the fact that we didn't get to see her in her signature outfit from the game. But it was still good nonetheless. Now, there are some characters in this movie, which I think were kind of they they were casted okay not great but okay t-hawk didn't look like t-hawk ken uh you know what i'm not gonna say it's nothing too bad about ken because the actor who portrayed him damian choppa i liked him in blood in blood out and you know what i think he's cool i also think he's a better villain and not only because of blood in blood out i think he was great in money talks Uh, i thought he was pretty intimidating in that movie, if you haven't seen Money Talks, it's got Chris Tucker, and I'm pretty sure you haven't seen that movie. Anyways, we have Ryu, which was, you know, he was, it's passable. Balrog looked like Balrog. E. Honda was identical. Dalsim, Jesus, like, the dude had hair, and then at the end of the movie, he was bald. No explanation at all. He did have the shackles. He didn't pull out none of his power moves. He didn't shoot out any fire or stretch his arms, which thankfully I'm glad we didn't get to see him stretch his arm because that would have made this movie even more trash. But speaking of hot piles of shit, Blanca, one name, one character that I know a lot of us like to play as. He was this big brooding monster. He had electricity. But in this movie... 
what the hell were they thinking? First things first, he looked like a bad cosplay of Lou Ferrigno's Incredible Hulk. Yeah, he, he they painted this guy green. Obviously, they had to. Um, it just looked really bad. He was painted green. He had a chucky wig. It was red hair. It was just looked really horrible. They gave him Tyra Banks' forehead. And then they gave him Patrick Ewing's nose. It was horrible to look at. I felt bad for whoever... If this was your favorite character, don't look at this movie. Do, do not. Uh... I don't know what else to say about this guy. It was it was sad to look at. I had to cringe. They even gave the guy an overbite with his fangs. It was, you know, they were supposed to have pumped him up. Not in this movie. Bison has taken Dawson hostage. Dawson is a scientist. And he tells him to put Blanca in this machine, which is supposed to pump him up with some sort of DNA mutagen and anabolic steroids. Kind of like the super soldier thing on Captain America. Well, while that's going through, the whole machine throughout the movie is saying, oh, body mass, you know, you know, whatever. Body mass percentage higher and higher and higher. And then he never grew. The dude stayed the same size. He was all skinny. To top things off, they were trying to brainwash him by making him watch war videos or you know clips of of destruction and death which makes things a little strange because there is a clip on there of a guy getting shot point blank in the head if you pause it just right actually you don't really have to pause it just pay attention to the little clips that they're playing and one guy gets shot completely in the head now for for being a pg-13 movie i don't know if this gets a pass because a lot of it was actual historical footage it's kind of like when they show breasts on the uh, National Geographic channel, how it's okay to look at that. I, I don't know. I really just don't know. But if it wasn't allowed, it, it was then. And it seems like it didn't bother anybody in previous versions when they even put it on Blu-ray or VHS and DVD or in streaming. So maybe it does get a pass. As for the movie itself, it's not great. It's not good. It's not bad and it's not worse. It, It's passable. It's passable in the sense of if you take the name Street Fighter off of it and just made it look like these characters were kind of like very similar to the video game ones that, you, that we're used to, then you know what? It could have been hailed as one of those B-movie classics. Now, I know there's a lot of people out there that, like myself, who like very bad movies and they collect these things and they enjoy them because of how hilariously bad they are. But I think the fact that they slapped Street Fighter and all of its things in there, it, it made it, it, it gave it that expectation. Oh, this better be good. Now, I can understand a lot of it because it's probably a hard task for a director and a writer to try to bring a video game property to life. Now, hear me out before you start saying, oh, this dude's full of crap. Hear me out. They, you were making these movies to try to appeal to a bigger general audience. Now, back then, gaming wasn't, it was big, but it wasn't as big as it is now. Now, everybody, you know, they have Twitch, they have all these things. It's a humongous thing now. Now that there's more eyeballs on it, and we all know that there's a whole bunch of 
of models that act like they play video games so all these losers can go and pay them for patreons or only fans so they can see these girls in bras and stuff which is it's sad you know there's a lot of bad and there's a lot of good but back then we didn't have all that junk back then a lot of it was just word of mouth game pro magazine nintendo power you name it so many things that were out there but it just didn't have the big mass appeal that that a lot of people were thinking so they had to Make a movie that's going to bring people who aren't gamers in while also trying to do a bit of fan service for the people who are already knowing this stuff. I hope I'm making just a little bit of sense here. Um, I, I'll give it an example. Now, if you follow wrestling, professional wrestling, you get two companies right now, two big companies right now. You get the WWE and you get AEW. Now, AEW caters to a hardcore fan base, which is the example of, you know, video games and gamers back then. Now, you're only going to get that small niche crowd. And then you get WWE, billion dollar company, the biggest wrestling company in the world. They try to appeal to a mass audience, to a general audience. Now, if you look at one or the other, one is there steadily. And then the other one's just this humongous monster. Now, I know you're going to say, oh, WWE has been around for 30 years. But if you look at who their audiences are, you'll see. You know, the general audience one is going to be the more moneymaker of the two. The one who caters to the niche crowd is going to probably be the lowest. And this movie tried to do both a little bit. And it succeeded to an extent because it tripled its budget. It made money. But the studio did not want to make a sequel to it. I probably use like a, a very bad analogy. And if you don't watch wrestling, I do apologize. But the main point is when you try to appeal to a general audience, you get more money. If you try to appeal to a niche crowd, you're going to satisfy the hardcore uh, fans of this. And that's it. You're not going to bring any new people in. I think that makes more sense than everything I just said. <laughs> but anyways... They did do a bit of fan service for all of us. <laughs> we got to organically see their game attire show up through the movie. They weren't forced and it wasn't too cheesy, but everybody's attire, it seems like it just kind of flowed together. Everybody started to look like what they were supposed to by the end of the movie. We also got to see a lot of signature moves being done here. Balrog did all of his moves. Ihonda e did the iconic hundred hand slap. Van Damme did all of what all of Guile's signature moves with the exception of the sonic boom, uh, which I didn't catch in there. If anybody caught that, please let me know. I don't know how many times I've seen this movie and I still haven't seen the sonic boom. There are a couple signature moves in this movie that if you blink, you are really going to miss them. At the end of the movie, everybody is obviously fighting each other. Sagat and Vega, which... You know, honestly, I forgot to mention Vega looks exactly like what he was supposed to. I'm really glad that they didn't go with the original choice actor for him, which was supposed to be Fabio. Thanks a lot. Uh, thanks, Capcom, for stopping that. Anyways, both of those guys are fighting Ryu and Ken. Ryu does a version of the Hadouken. It really, it, you don't see a fire. You don't see anything shoot out of his hands. You just kind of see the blue light after he hits him in the chest. And then Ken does his uppercut. Go ahead and watch that scene back and let me know what you think because uh, they weren't as great. 
Uh, if you do blink, you will miss them. Now, is this movie bad? Yeah. Is it good? Eh, who knows? But it's worth a nostalgic watch. This is one of those movies where I will say that I know when you were younger, you probably were over the moon about this movie, just like I was. We got to see some of our favorite characters brought to life. Live action. Now, a lot of this movie, does it play out like the Street Fighter game? No, not really. I feel like this is more of a G.I. Joe style plot. And you know what? This would have been cool if it was a G.I. Joe movie. I think if you replaced all the characters with G.I. Joe characters, this would have been great. This would have been a cool live action G.I. Joe. But we got what we got and there's nothing wrong with that. I do know that Van Damme did $10,000 worth of coke a week during this movie. They said it was horrible to work with. His wife had a cameo in this. Now, there's a part in the movie where he plays a video of him and Blanca on a double date. Well, his wife is obviously his date. Well, while his wife was in this movie, he was also having an affair with Kylie Minogue. The dude had it all. Jeez. Plus, he was all coked out. After reading that and watching this again, you can tell. It's blatantly there. I'm just surprised his nose didn't bleed. He did want to make a sequel he was going to fund it himself and some things just never came through a lot of the actors didn't want to return um he did want to bring in Dolph Lundgren to play an unnamed character at the time that he was trying to put this together none of it materialized and you know what it would have been cool to see a sequel honestly because the way Bison died at the end who knows you know we didn't really see him die everything exploded and he was caught in this whole web of TVs. And we didn't, like I said, we didn't get to see his death. So a sequel would not have been out of the realm. One thing about Bison's suit, though, is he did die at one point and his suit revived him, gave him CPR and stuck him with adrenaline. Uh, it is ridiculous to look at. But anyways, should we have seen a sequel to this? Let me know. Because this would have been kind of fun. I would have liked to see another bad version. And at least more of a self-aware version of a sequel. Not something so serious. Tiger! Uppercut! As usual, you can catch me on Instagram, which will be linked in the show's description. Uh, there's really no other way to watch this movie other than paying or renting it online. Um, I'm sorry. But if you do own it, please go back and rewatch it. Rewatch it and have fun with it. There is, it may be bad, but it's probably so bad that it's good. And knowing that Van Damme did coke in this movie, you can see it in his eyes throughout a lot of it. And go find some of those Easter eggs. See some of those signature moves. Call me out on some of the things that I may have missed. And let me know if you think that the blue military outfits in this movie seem like they were stolen from the military outfits that were in Surf Ninjas. Just let me know. Sounds like fun, right? I think so. Maybe. Anyways, <laughs> I'll see you guys next time.